Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is Light Not Might, and I'm your host, Danielle Day. And I'm just really grateful that we are spending some time together. Happy Monday. And, you know, it's a brand new time, a brand new season. It's a new moon. So it's time to set intentions and goals. You know, it's time to begin and really regain your strength to begin again and really recharge. You know, the new moon is a time of cleansing and purpose. So there's a word that I'd love to share with you today. It's called Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A. And it's really defined as that which you are here to do with your unique gifts. I love the concept of Dharma. When I was a yoga teacher trainer, a buddy of mine who she herself was raised in India and her grandfather was a Brahmin and he taught her all of the stories, all of the chants, all of the sutras, all of the shlokas, like all the songs and oh, all the lore. I mean, my goodness sakes, the Hindu culture is about 30,000 deities that each have their own stories. And I love spending time with my friend. She is so special to me. But uh, one story in particular I remember that she shared was Indra's net. There's a story in the Hindu culture that the whole entire earth is covered with a fishing net. And if you can imagine a fishing net, it's where the ropes are tied together in strategic places so that there is a web created. And every place where the rope intersects to create the web, there's a jewel. And this jewel on the net, the fishing net that covers the whole earth, each jewel represents a human being on the earth. Now, when everybody on the earth is living in accordance with their dharma, Indra's net glides and slides easily and effortlessly over the earth. However, if there's anybody who is living out of alignment with their dharma, that creates a problem, a sticking place, an adhesion, if you will. And it's it's not unlike the concept of yin yoga, where we use passive postures to drop into stillness so that we can have an effect using gravity and time to undo adhesions, stuck places where two distinct tissues have come together and they are fused. So any place where there is scar tissue or a buildup of collagen from repetitive movement or strains in the body that creates an adhesion and it bunches up and then the whole gliding and sliding of myofascial tissue, which is connective tissue sliding, gliding over muscle. Yeah, it interferes with that sliding and gliding. So Indra's net and this concept, this story, this parable, this metaphor, it's this allegory. It's all about how if we're not living in accordance with what our purpose is, what we are here to do, then that creates an adhesion and it gums up the works, if you will. And it has a domino effect throughout 
And as folks understand on the earth here, we are all connected and our actions, our intentions, our thoughts, our deeds impact each other. It's not unlike in the body when you have adhesions that we have now talked about where if, yeah, repetitive movement or surgery or injury, there's some kind of two distinct tissues fused together, interfering with that which is typically a sliding and gliding and very shimmery, very bioluminescent kind of psychedelic effect inside the body. So uh, the human body is exciting to think about when you learn more, and so is being a human. It's exciting to think about, and there's always a chance to learn more. So it's from this place that I speak to you today in reference to Dharma and in reference to yin yoga about a facet of my teaching that I'm offering you. I am pumped because Tai Chill is now out into the world. In my book, Light 10 Up, 10 Lifestyle Essentials to Glow By, one of those essentials I share, number nine, is a practice called Tai Chill, which is nine minutes to start your day of a wonderful mind-body practice of fluid aerobic activity done to classic rock songs that combines Tai Chi with aerobics and a wonderful realm I can't wait to tell you about. I like to call it a nature-based faith. And basically, it's borrowed from magical Taoism. Chinese five-element theory is a tradition that has given rise to both Tai Chi as well as to yin yoga. And I think it's the coolest information that I ever learned. I've been studying yoga. And as a yoga teacher trainer, I've really been on this path for a good 20 years now with yoga specifically. And I love learning more. And the information came to me when I went to a yin yoga workshop in about 2015, and a really dear friend of mine, someone who was in my cohort as a newly uh, curious, brand new student to yoga, we were in the same 200-hour yoga teacher training session together in the year 2005. And so it was really fun then, you know, 10 years later, to take her yin yoga workshop during a period of time where I owned my own yoga studio and was in the middle of my journey as a yoga teacher trainer anyway, she shared with us all about how in yin yoga, you are impacting and affecting the body through the 12 meridian lines of where chi is flowing through the body. The 12 meridian lines all throughout your body innervate your major organs in the myofascial planes. And this, friends, is where your psychology lives. So yin yoga, let me just help you understand if that's an unfamiliar term, is the opposite of yang yoga. Yang yoga is what you're familiar with in terms of vinyasa, power yoga flow, and hatha fusion classes that I teach you uh, throughout my 14-day yoga challenge on YouTube, my channel, Open Up Yoga Teacher Training with Danielle Day. I have some yin classes in there. And what I'm excited to help you understand is what makes yin different from things like hatha and power and vinyasa is that it's a passive practice. 
where you use gravity and time to help encourage a more slippery and slidey myofascial relationship in the body, you know, unlocking stuck places, as well as really getting a chance to make a difference inside your body where the myofascial planes, myo means muscle, fascia is connective tissue, are connected to the 12 meridian lines. Every organ in your body is impacted by this process. And today I'd love to explain to you a little bit about how Tai Chi also is related. In Tai Chi, the practice that combines aerobics with Tai Chi and classic rock exercises, you know, in terms of a group fitness class, we get to play with the 12 meridian lines. We get to delve into Chinese five element theory, and we get to think about and be curious to learn more about magical Taoism. I'm so excited. I can barely contain my enthusiasm to explain this all to you. So I hope you're doing something fun right now. Maybe you're out on a walk. Maybe it's Monday morning and you're just kind of enjoying this podcast like a screen-free indulgence with a cup of tea or coffee. So let's take a sip. I've got some water here. And let's get comfortable, okay? So right off the bat, I should tell you about a resource that I really appreciate. Uh, the Complete Guide to Yin Yoga by Bernie Clark. He's a local yoga teacher here in the Pacific Northwest up there in Vancouver, and he has continued the work of the founders of yin yoga, and his work helps us understand how when you do yin yoga postures, different poses affect different meridian lines that affect different organs. Okay, so similarly, Tai Chi is the practice of working within the 12 meridian lines using the movements of Tai Chi that then impact specific organs and it's to great effect. The fabulous feelings of doing Tai Chi include being able to energize you for the day ahead or help you wind down if you are feeling agitated or stressed out. It just depends on how fast you do the movements, what kind of music you're using, what kind of setting, what kind of time of day you're practicing, and really what your intention is. So that's what's wonderful about chi. I want you to think of it simply as the energy of focus, the will of your intent. In yoga, we talk about prana, and it's, it's kind of a parallel concept. The idea that you are electric, the body electric. Does that sound familiar? You have energy inside of you. And that's why it's important for you to consume electrolytes with water because that is conducting electricity in your body. The nerve impulses that move from your brain to your muscles, also the autonomic nervous system that beats your heart and runs all of the circuitry in your body without your participation. So your central nervous system and your autonomic nervous system, they're both examples of how you're an electricity factory. You really are. You're a powerhouse. And this is so much fun. So think about this. Do you know how you can pick up on someone's energy? I mean, it's it's a concept that's pretty familiar. Like, you know, when you walk into a room, if the person that you are in the room with, you know, is happy, 
nervous, upset, scared. I mean, we can all have feelings. Well, feelings are frequencies. They they exude vibration. And frequency and vibration, they're very much electricity concepts. So I think you already can feel comfortable about that concept. And think about how if you learn how to harness your energy, well, then that helps you get work done, doesn't it? Think about it. There's a day perhaps where maybe you have done too much and you are very tired and you're kind of stuck on the couch and, you know, you're recharging your batteries. Yeah, we've all had that feeling. Or how about if you are just raring to go? You know, think about a time in your life when you just couldn't wait to start. You were super excited, you know, or maybe something you were going to do that you were a little nervous about. I mean, these are all emotions, but think about how your body, right, is basically running on the signals that your mind is sending it. So, you know, your brain can literally tell your body if it's time to fight or flight or flee, you know, or if it's a time to rest and digest. And these are examples of how you are a vehicle of electricity, of energy, of light. You know, these are all concepts that are the same. They're also something you can use when you think about chi. Okay. So, Tai Chi, those words mean long river. So, I love that idea. Think about how a river can be harnessed for electricity. You know, hydroelectric power takes this force of water moving and it captures the kinetic energy and stores it into circuitry that can then be tapped to run our appliances and such. And this is so neat to think that Tai Chi, meaning long river, is the concept that life is a flow, isn't it? It's always moving. It never stops. You know, that's what being alive is about. It's, it's all happening. And so when we imagine sitting on a bank, looking at a river, you know, the water's flowing and maybe there's big stones, like really big rocks. And the water, what does it do? It goes around the rock or it goes over the rock. Or if it's really powerful water, it can break the rock. It can move the rock. And so inside of you, you have this chance to tap into that flow of your energy and harness it. And that's what's so special about this practice. Now, when I say Tai Chill, I'm saying that I am borrowing from the Tai Chi in terms of its positions and its its intentions, but I'm jazzing it up a little bit so that we kind of can play and dance. And oh, don't you love dancing? You know, it's a wonderful way where you can take these movements that I'm teaching you on these videos and in future YouTube tutorials on my channel. And I've been doing 9 a.m. every morning on Facebook Live lately. And it's it's so fun. So we're taking these movements and each of these movements, just like yin yoga postures, each of these movements is working with different meridian lines that impact, that innervate, that enlighten different organs. Now, the magical Taoism part, the part that is a nature-based faith, the part that has to do with nature is something I can't wait to tell you more about. So I hope that I've laid a groundwork for you. So this is exciting and you're more curious. Let's take a sip of water. 
Okay. So think about the first movement we do in Tai Chi, where we have our feet hip distance apart and we lift and lower the wrists. So from your standing position, you shift into your left side, you know, you kind of soften your knee, kind of make your left foot heavier, like it's taking up about 80% of your body weight. And you lift your wrists, you lift like somebody's lifting you by your bracelets. Imagine that. Yeah, that's the kind of feeling you lift from your standing position to about shoulder height. And then you shift into the right side. So now you've poured like like water, you've poured 80% of your body weight into your right leg. And now your left side is a little bit lighter. And this is happening while you drift your fingertips down to your starting position like you are finger painting. So think about it. Shift left, soften your left knee, kind of lean into the left side as you lift like someone's pulling you up by your bracelets just to shoulder height. And then you shift into your right side as your fingertips drift down like you're finger painting. Okay. So you inhale to lift left side and you exhale to shift right side. So the process of going from arms to your, beside you to arms shoulder height impacts the meridian line that innervates your heart. And this makes sense, doesn't it, friends? In exercise physiology, we say that arm ergometry or work, arm ergometry at any given workload increases your heart rate. Your heart rate goes up in response to a demand for oxygen-rich blood to working muscles. And so that makes sense, right? That's the definition of cardiovascular exercise. Cardiovascular exercise is when your long limbs, you know, your legs and your arms, are moving rhythmically over time, increasing the demand for oxygen-rich blood to be delivered to your working muscle sites. So it makes sense that in Tai Chi, when you lift and lower your arms, you are playing in that 12, one of 12 meridian lines that innervates your heart. Yeah. So we all know that. Think about it. When you're doing yoga, if your arms are beside you in warrior one, you know, that's one thing. You've got your legs working. That's great. But think about it. When you move your arms up, woo, suddenly it's just a little more challenging. It creates a more of a demand. Have you been on a walk or running and maybe you're listening to a song that compels you to throw your hands in the air? <laughs> and they stay there. And they stay there. And they go up, down, up, down. <laughs> as DJ Khaled tells us. Yeah, it increases the demand for your heart. So in Tai Chill, one of the first things we do is we lift and lower the arms and that creates a demand for the heart. And this is what we're talking about. Your curiosity thinks about the themes in this practice. The theme of your heart in Chinese five element theory, in the context of magical Taoism, the realm of your heart has the theme of the realm of your kingdom. It's like your empire. It's like your castle. And so think about your life. Dharma means purpose. And it's this kind of purpose-driven passion that is the theme of your heart. And it is represented by the element of 
require. So what we're saying here is when you are using your arms flowing up and down, and that is in the meridian line that innervates and enlivens and enlightens your heart, it's the element of fire. And think about it. We say this all the time. We say, fire it up. You know, we say, get fired up. We say, get warmed up. You know, every exercise asks you to warm up first. You're going from a cold body to a warm body. And this is so cool to talk about because in Chinese five element theory, the first element we tap into, whether it is yin yoga or tai chi, is the element of fire. Because this is the point. You have dharma. You have purpose. There's something in your life to which you're so passionate that it is the reason you take good care of yourself. I mean, to whom or to what do you yourself dedicate your very best? This is something to think about. In yoga, we always talk about set your intention because every activity we do, whether it's vacuuming, whether it's going to work for eight hours, you know, whether it's making a sandwich, right, or uh, caring for somebody, right, like a child, you know, there's a reason you're doing it. And when you are going through your life, you're a little happier when you stop and reflect, like, well, why am I doing this? It helps you do it more joyfully, right? Everything we can do is more fun when we think, this isn't something I have to do, this is something I get to do. And if that's something new for you to think about, I'd love to take a second and talk about it. Here's an example. Laundry. You know, you're like, oh my God, I have to do laundry. Well, yeah, because otherwise you're just buying new clothes all the time. That's not really sustainable. And you're like, oh yeah, that's a drag. You know, I got to like put the stuff, I got to sort the stuff. I got to put it, put it in. I got to transfer the laundry. I got to fold the laundry. I got to put the laundry away. Well, what if you thought about instead of, hey man, I get to do laundry. I have appliances at my house. I have electricity. I have water. I have detergent. I have clothes. I mean, there are some people in the world that have to wash their things by hand. Maybe they don't have anything. Maybe they can't clean their clothes. So for us to have the privilege of a beautiful wardrobe for us to have the privilege of electricity and detergent, it's important and it's kind of magical. I mean, doing laundry, it's alchemy. You're using all the elements. You're using fire, that's electricity. You're using water. I mean, my goodness, I like to think about my clothes as pretty special because when I wear my yoga clothes, for example, you know, this is a super suit. You know, honey, where's my super suit? What do you need to know? from The Incredibles. Um, So I'm grateful. I love my yoga clothes because the person that puts on the clothes before your class is not the same person as, as the ones that take off the clothes after your class. Think about it. Before you work out, the you who finishes the workout is materially different than the you that started the workout. And our workout clothes are special. And I love to think about taking really good care of our things too. So when you're doing laundry, you're like, oh, I have to do laundry. You know, I made something to think about. Like I get to do laundry. I get to take great care of these things. I love so much. These clothes that afford me the chance to be a yoga teacher, these clothes that afford me the chance to become a healthier person or just 
how much fun it is to do the laundry and think, wow, my child is growing. Remember when their clothes were so tiny, I couldn't find the socks? Well, look at how big these socks are now. So something to think about. Everything in our life is a little bit more fun when we think this isn't something I have to do, something I get to do, you know? So something to think about. So what I'm saying over here is that fire is the element where we are called upon to think about what are we lighting up, you know? Think about the passion you have for your purpose, for your dharma. So yeah, start it up, you know? It takes a spark to create a fire. It takes a spark to drive a car. Everything in life needs initiation. And that's what the fire element does. So it's like turning the key, okay? So when we talk about the element of fire and we talk about the realm of like your personal kingdom, where you're the ruler, you're the emperor, you get to make up the rules. You know, your life is your castle. It is this kingdom. And you do get to decide the path. And that's that's dharma right there is being in alignment with your gifts that you're here to do. So a wonderful thing to meditate upon or to consider or just, you know, be curious about is to whom or to what do you dedicate your efforts? What is it that you're fashioning? You get to make the rules in your kingdom, like your vibration, your attitude, your your narrative, the way that you tell your story to yourself about your life. That's yours. It's your choice. Nobody can make that for you. You know, being healthy and well-adjusted and content in your life has everything to do with the story that you're telling yourself. You know, are you in the place where you are celebrating? Like, is this where you want to be? Do you have goals? Do you have plans? Are you working towards something? You know, are you taking action toward changing something? You know, or are you taking action to remember to stop and drop and celebrate what already is? Either way, these concepts have to do with dharma and they have to do with passion, purpose. And this is the realm of the element of fire. So every time you light a candle, every time you light incense, every time you take sage and you you set sage on fire and you blow it out and you take the smoke and you purify a room, or your space for meditation. This is what you're doing. You're using fire because it is a catalyst. It's all about transformation. And that's where we start when we do Tai Chi and when you do yin yoga. If you're starting from a position of, say, lying on your back and putting your arms up over your head to do, say, banana posture. Yeah, because your arms are up even if you're lying on the floor, because that's what we do in yin yoga. We're on the floor the whole time. You're getting things started. Thanks for listening. So what I love about magical Taoism, this is what we can take things a step further if you're curious about it, is whenever we consider the element of fire, whenever we consider this realm, this kingdom, the theme of passion, there is a spirit deity associated with fire in magical Taoism. Now, I don't want this to freak you out. If you're Christian, and uh, I don't want to step in your toes. I'm Christian also. I was raised Catholic, and I 
consider religion important in my life because it's it's how I was raised. Spirituality takes on a different vibe when you are practicing ideas that involve, you know, angels. Think about it. We always say our better angels, you know, like, don't drive faster than your angels can fly. <laughs> you know, and I, I like to think about my mother who's passed and my pets who have passed is kind of watching over me. Like the spirit realm on the other side of the stars is something I like to bring into consideration in my life. It just makes life more special and magical. And there is uh, this category of spirit deities that govern the element of fire and they're called the Shen. And it's a wonderful concept in Chinese five element theory that I just like to play with in my life. I think about the Shen as spirit deities of the fire element, like little angels that are just there to help encourage me. You know, like I'm writing a book about Tai Chill right now. It's my third book I've written. And I tell you this idea, everything I want to put in the book, I, I feel like my inspiration it's like those angels, the Shen, are like, you can do it, Danielle. Come on, write the book you want to read. You can do it, Danielle. Come on, write the book that you simply can't bear is not in the world right now. You got to make it happen. So if you've ever been inspired, I mean, artists talk all the time about their muses, right? In art, we always talk about the muse. I love Picasso's saying. Picasso had a saying about inspiration. He said, inspiration is real but she has to find you working. I just love that. It helps you remember that, yeah, art and creativity, they're awesome when you are in the zone. Well, what if you have writer's block or what if you're just not feeling creative? Well, are you doing your part? Are you showing up at the canvas with your paintbrush or are you just kind of, you know, procrastinating? That, that's not a creative space. So I like to think about the Shen as being my muses, my little angels who are saying, Danielle, let's get fired up. Let's get this project started. So something to think about, you know, if you ever feel stuck in life, like you need a, a new direction, the energy of transformation is conveyed to you in the spirit realm from the other side of the stars, from little angels in the realm of the Shen, if you choose to consider this. So it's just something fun to think about. Let's move now to the element of metal, M-E-T-A-L, the metal element. In Tai Chill, you notice the second movement we do is we sweep the arms into a big circle. So you take your arms out to your sides like you're spreading your wings and you bring them together at your sides, at your legs, and you cross them and then you sweep up and then you float your fingers down. And this is the first part. So think about it. You're like, you're sweeping your arms. It's not circle sweep like in yoga. It's kind of the opposite. You're bringing your arms from out to your sides, like letter T to, to your sides to touch your legs. And then you, you cross your wrists and you keep moving and your hands come all the way up and you drift them down, palms turn down. And then you take your hands like you're lifting something and you lift and you pause right about at your diaphragm, at your sternum, at your, at your breastbone. Then you flip your palms like you're pushing something up and you finish the job. You push, 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 push till your arms are locked out and your hands are lifted. And it, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. It, you can feel the tingle of the chi in your fingertips. Then you turn your left 
hand down as you shift into your left side and you slowly press away. So both hands are pressing in opposite directions. And then you repeat, you flip your hands and they switch places at the diaphragm at your breastbone. And there you go. You now have your other hand pressing down, your other hand pushing away. And here we are. You inhale and circle sweep. And that's the movement there. It's the second thing we do in what we call universal palm exercises. We are now moving from the fire element to the metal element. Now, metal element has a talisman, and that is crystals. So we love crystals. We love quartz. We love amethyst. We love citrine. We love all of these varieties of semi-precious and precious stones for a reason. I mean, we love crystals, right? I mean, ever since I was in college in 1988 and I went to Hawaii and I bought a crystal at a street fair and I, I've had it in my life this whole time. I've added to the collection and there was a crystal store across the street from the restaurant in Bellingham where I used to be a waitress at the Colophon Cafe and I would take my tips and I would buy crystals. And as a, a yoga teacher, you know, we're always using crystals and trading them and gifting them and receiving them. And they're wonderful. They make you feel good. And each one has a different property. But I'm excited to share with you their context, the context, why crystals are a thing is that in the Chinese five element theory that we're playing with here in yin yoga and tai chi is the meridian lines that innervate your lungs. And think about it with your arms sweeping around like I've just described that we do in Tai Chi. Yeah, you not only is your heart fired up because you lifted your arms, your lungs are working because you're breathing heavier because you're moving, you're working. The meridian lines that innervate and enliven your lungs are in the realm of the metal element. And here is the theme. The theme is moving from grief and loss to value and acceptance. So that's what crystals, that's what their job is. You know, you're a human being going through life where everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And sometimes the beginning and middle end we're talking about could be life itself. I shared a story in the last podcast about my mother dying, about my, my dog dying, and I was experiencing a lot of grief and loss. Well, you, you don't stay stuck in the five stages of grief forever, those, those four lower stages. You, you finally get to the fifth stage of grief acceptance, and it is the purview of your lungs, of the metal element for which crystals are a little souvenir, a little talisman. Think about it. Take a big breath in. On your exhale, breathe out H-A. Like, let it go, right? It's all about breathing. Let it go. It, it's you take a big breath in and you exhale, you let it out. We move in life from grief or loss to value and acceptance and a lot of that process is about breathing in and out, letting it go. And crystals, they each have a little job. There's different properties and different qualities and different 
effects that we receive from crystals, and they are the realm of the meridian lines that innervate your lungs. And metal element and its theme, moving from grief and loss towards value and acceptance, is the process here. And so when you're breathing and you're exercising, think about it. If you're having a tough time, I was just saying, the person who starts the workout is materially different from the person who ends the workout. You know, you go to run five miles, you at mile one, so different than you at mile five. And definitely the different person when you walk in the door at home, be like, hey, I'm back from my run. I mean, remember the episode of Modern Family where they all have a window, they call it the window when they can bug Claire and she's not going to be cranky is right after her run. Because she comes home on the runner's high and they're like, ooh, this is the time to give her bad news or ask her for a favor. Well, that's because the realm of the metal element is about flip your trip, right? Think about it. Working out. Yeah. It it, it reduces your stress. It reduces your anxiety. It makes you feel better. It creates endorphins. Happy people just don't kill their husbands <laughs> from Legally Blonde. Yeah, the whole thing here is... We move from emotions that are lower energies like grief and loss towards higher energies like value and acceptance. Like I can value now the fact that I had a really good mom. That's why I grieved her loss, her death, her my loss. I had an awesome dog and he's a little angel that lives with me. I just don't got to walk him. You know, that's my acceptance. He's still in my life. He's still in my heart. I just don't got to walk him. You know, he's in heaven on the other side of the stars. So what I'm excited to tell you about is there is a category of angels, spirit deities, if you will, in the realm of the metal element, and their name is Poe. Poe is your corporeal soul. And in this tradition, it's really a neat thing to think about. It's really special. If I could give you an illustration, we like to say in the yoga tradition, you're three people. There is your physical form. That's who we think you are, the outer world. We we make assumptions about you. We make decisions about you. We have a concept about you based on your physical form. There's who you think you are. That's your mentality. Like we were saying earlier, your narrative, your story, like what you tell yourself, what you think, your opinions, your ideas, your loves, your grudges, your preferences, like that's that's your part where the part that you think you are, okay? But then there's also the spirit realm, like your inside, your soul. That's who you really are. So think about it. You're three people. Your physical self, that's who I think you are, or if I know you, if I met you. There's your mental, emotional self. That's who you think you are. That's your personal story, your narrative, your inner world, your thoughts. But then there's who you really are. Maybe you've heard that beautiful quote that's often attributed to C.S. Lewis, but it came from somebody else whose name escapes me. It's in the, from the 19th century. You do not have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. You do not have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. So these concepts are all about Poe, 
Poe is your corporeal soul. And so it's kind of like your higher self. All right. If you want to talk about your vibration, you know, just moving from have to, to get to that whole mentality of get to, of enlightenment, of your truth and your light, your soul. This is, this is the realm of Poe, the spirit deity of the metal element whose little souvenirs that we get to play with are crystals. Now, I know these are a lot of concepts, but I really appreciate you being patient. I have a poem to tell you that might also sum it up. This wonderful poem by, by um, Don Miguel Jr. The poem is, I am not I. And it goes, I am not I, I am this one standing beside me, whom I cannot see who at times I manage to visit, and at other times I forget, who remains calm and silent when I talk and forgives gently when I hate, who walks where I am not, who will remain standing when I die. I am not I. I am this one standing beside me whom I do not see who at times I manage to visit and at other times I forget, who will remain calm and silent when I talk, who forgives gently when I hate, who walks where I am not, who will remain standing when I die. I am not I, I am this one. And so it's just a little poem that summarizes that concept that you're three people, physical, who we think you are, mental, who you think you are, and spiritual, who you really are. So this who you really are, your corporeal soul, that's Poe. It's one of the spirit deities. And it's the concept of spending time in your with your higher self. You know when you need a pep talk? Maybe you have done this experiment before, uh, a therapist in college once gave me this as an assignment. She said, when you're really upset, I want you to consider imagining your grandmother who has passed and, and imagine sitting with your grandmother and, and, and you're having milk and cookies and she's, she's watching you after school, you know, while your mom's at work and you have a problem. Maybe it's the problem you're dealing with right now. And you, you look at your grandma and you say, hey, I have a problem. Can I ask you your advice? And you, and you offer her this. Whatever you're struggling with, imagine sitting down with your grandmother and saying, what should I do? And then listen, what comes up? What does your imagination provide for you as the answer? What would grandma tell you to do? Well, friend, you're the one that came up with that idea, your higher self. Whatever grandma told you is the correct answer or the right advice, that's, that's Poe. That is the angel, spirit deity, your corporeal soul. It's something we can access. You know, if people are practicing Reiki, that's some of this realm I'm describing, Sometimes people practice astral projection. They have psychic abilities. You know, we all have a level of intuition, hunches, where we, we really have this internal intuition and wisdom. It's your higher self. It's a little bit about what you have deep inside that you can access. 
that is definitely in the realm of, I get to do this. I don't have to, I get to. So these concepts, they can be a little lofty and a little woo-woo, obviously, but this is what helps me get through the day. If I'm ever in my lower energies and I am stressed about something or worried about something or just I'm, I'm dissatisfied and I want to take action, I select a crystal that represents that realm. So if it's about someone I love, then I use my rose quartz. If it's about a health concern, then I access my amethyst. You know, when I want clarity and clarification, that's when I utilize the citrine. I wear a moonstone and I have every day since 2017 when I bought it. I've never taken it off. Moonstone has properties that really are fabulous for accessing the higher spiritual realms. And I'm obsessed with it because I feel like I've actually been living in a place of deeper clarity since I've acquired this. So why are, why are crystals awesome? Because they are the metal element and this is the meridian lines that innervate your lungs. So in yin yoga, there are postures where we use the body to access the meridian lines for the lungs that help you breathe deeper. A lot of back bending poses like saddle is another is one of those that was really great for opening up the lungs. And in Tai Chi, it's the second thing we do in the universal palm exercises in the warm up. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's move on. Now, you'll remember we now have the arms up because we just did the part for the, the metal element. So we lifted and lowered the wrist for fire and then we swept the arms and then we flipped and, and switched for metal. Now, now we bring the hands behind the head and cross at the wrist and then press away the walls. You hold your arms straight, your wrists bent and your fingers are just held there tingling, kind of sway side to side. That is the wood element. This is meridian lines that innervate your liver. So when you bring your arms behind you and you cross your wrists and you push away the world and you're making the trees, the forest with your hands, that is symbolic of the element of wood for the trees. And this is meridian lines that innervate your, your liver. And the theme here is time management. Trees are in the realm of the meridian line that innervates your liver. And the theme here of the wood element is time management. Time management. So when we talk about time management in this context, I want you to consider, imagine a tree in a forest that was going to be cut down. So take a chainsaw and cut it in half there's the tree and you look at the stump. Imagine what do you see when you see a stump of a freshly cut tree or even a tree that was cut forever ago. It's the same. You look at it and what do you see? You see concentric circles. The tiny little sapling at the very center is that first shoot from the seed. And then that next ring, right, was that first year of its life. And then that ring after that was the second year of its life. And remember being an elementary school kid and you would count the rings and you would say, this tree was cut down when it was 60 years old. I counted 60 rings from the center. Now think about the story that you can see with your eyes. The center is where it was a tiny sapling. And then 
each ring going outward represents a season, a year of that tree's life. And some of the, some of them, they look different. Like you could see the years when there was a drought, the tree didn't grow as much. You can see years when there was plenty of water and there's more space between that ring and the next ring. You can tell when there was maybe like a fire. Yeah, because some trees, they, they sustain themselves through a fire and they get singed. But that next year, they grow more bark on top. And you, you can see, you know, 20 years ago, there was a fire. You can read it. It's what's so, so cool. Your, your life, think about it. You started as a baby and then you became a toddler and then you were a child and then you were a teenager and then you were a young adult and then maybe you became um, an older adult, maybe a parent, you know, and, and here in my life, I'm 52 and a half. So yeah, there were, there's been a lot of seasons since I was a little tiny sapling. And when you look at pictures of yourself as a baby, as a child, as a young adult, an older adult, it's just like the rings of a tree. We all have these layers this journey is documented inside of us, not just our physical form, but our narrative and our memories, our experiences, you know, how have shaped us and our path, you know, our journey. We've taken different routes. Maybe you started off doing one thing and then you came to a fork in the road and you went to another direction. This is all the realm of time management. Time management. The trees are this reminder that we're all connected. You know, if you study forest bathing, you learn about roots under the soil that have nodes, N-O-D-E-S, little nodes. And these are methods, mechanisms by which trees communicate with each other. And to learn more about the energy of trees and their vibration. You Maybe you have read the experiments. Uh, it just kind of makes you so sad to think about how if you hook up a tree to something like a machine that measures electromagnetic frequency, you can see that trees express stress when there's something bad happening, like a fire. You have maybe read those experiments where they tested houseplants, where they were being burned or cut or a plant watching another plant being burned or cut. Like there is a an intelligence, sentience, sentience between plants. And when you spend time in nature, you know how you just feel different? It's because you're joining in the community. When you're in the forest, when you're really intentionally observing and being with a tree, there is a back and forth. You're providing, obviously, your oxygen and the tree is obviously taking that in and expelling. Sorry, you're providing carbon dioxide and the tree is taking that in and through photosynthesis releases the oxygen. So like tree can't live without you. You can't live without them. I mean, trees are the view. You know, when you have trees to look at, they make life so, so special. And if you've ever read the literature surrounding city planning, there is a health cost to trees being cut down. You can look at it. The public health data correlating chopping down trees with health outcomes are well documented. So when I'm talking to you about 
the movement we do in Tai Chi with our arms crossing, our hands crossing behind the head and then pressing our arms out like we're pushing away the walls and the fingers get all tingly. Yeah, that's the meridian line that innervates your liver. Its theme is time management. And your liver has a special job. It's kind of like uh, the garbage disposal of your body. It processes things like toxins and fats and alcohol. Sugar is uh, a very naughty thing that sometimes is toxic, like alcohol and like excess fats. Your, your liver is the process of cleaning that out. So uh, not unlike the tree ring where we talked about the tree getting cut down, your liver can tell a story also about your nutrition and your and what's been afforded to you for uh, treats and how it's it helped you stay alive, even though sometimes we take in toxic things for recreation and fun. And so what I'm saying to you here is I can't wait to tell you about the spirit deity uh, that governs the element of wood represented by our friends, the trees. They are called the Hoon, H-U-N. And the Hoon are special because they are your universal managers. They are the ones who organize your synchronicities. Think about in life, whenever you've had a coincidence or a hunch, like we were talking about, the fork in the road where you decided to turn this way and that. Have you ever seen the movie Sliding Doors where Gwyneth Paltrow makes a strategic decision to not get on the train because she got fired and she comes home and she finds her husband or her boyfriend cheating on her or she takes the train or she misses the train. She has two different outcomes. When she misses the train, her life takes a different path. When she catches the train and catches her boyfriend cheating, she ha- takes a different path. And that's just life, right? Think about when you had something inspiring you to change direction in life or make a choice, and, you know, choose a path in your journey. You know, think about when you met somebody coincidentally. Think about the times when you thought about somebody and then suddenly they called you or they texted you or, you know, think about it. There's so many times in life where you get lucky, so to speak, you know, where, where a coincidence happens, a synchronicity. And this is your hoon. These universal managers, they're out there organizing your breaks. You know, the good things that come to you in life, that because you set out the vibration, you know, you, you, you live thinking about possibility and potential and gratitude. The good things come to you. They find you because that's the vibration you're on. Well, it's the hoon that make that happen. They're your universal managers. Now, how do you know they're out there doing good things? There's a couple of hints that they send you. And this is my favorite part of every single day. When you see numbers and they line up, it's a hint that the hoon are taking care of you. Like, you know, when you find a lucky penny, that's lucky. And for a second, you can pick up the penny and say the rhyme to yourself about see a penny, pick it up all day long. You'll have good luck. Well, It's that kind of mentality that brings us to consider the universal managers. So I always pick up a lucky penny. I never, I never would ever pass a penny by without picking it up. Um, When you see on the clock, a digital readout of 1111, that's very special. Like we always make a wish. If you, if you, your eyes glance at your watch or your phone or the microwave 
and it says 1111, stop, drop, and make a wish. That's that's your hoon organizing this for you. If you see 333, like it's 333 or 222 or 111, these are moments where you stop and think about what they mean. Like in the morning, I got up at 3.33 for some reason. Instead of my four o'clock alarm, I, I was up and I looked at the clock. I was like, ooh, 333. What does that mean? Well, I like the number three a lot because I have a husband and a child. And so my whole family is the number three. So whenever I see a 333, I think, thank you for Anessa's health, wealth, and happiness. Thank you for Greg's health, wealth, and happiness, my husband. Thank you for my health, wealth, and happiness. You know, three is a magic number. It takes um, three to to make something special. I love that little song from Schoolhouse Rock. A man and a woman had a little baby. They were three. They were three in the family. You know, we love the little memo there that, okay, it's a time to get out of your head and think about something greater than yourself. Or if you see two, 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 um, I was born on July 20th. And so in numerology, I was told that the number two is my lucky number. So if I see two, 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 I'm like, Ooh, whatever it is that I was doing or thinking is the hoon saying, Danielle, you're on the right track. You know, this is about your psychology. Like we said, where the meridian lines innervate the organs in those myofascial planes in those fascial planes, that's where your psychology lives. So in yin yoga, when you're doing poses that implicate the heart line, this is about your dharma, like your passion. It fires you up. It, the ones in the lungs, this is about you letting it go, moving from grief and loss to value and acceptance. The meridian lines that innervate your liver, this has to do with your journey in terms of time management. It has to do with a realm of like your liver being the general of your body, dispatching the troops in response to what needs done. It's taking care of you. It's keeping you healthy. So are the hoon. Your universal managers, these little angels, they're out there organizing your synchronicities. I think about the moment I met my husband. I was just walking across the college campus. He was over there walking across the college campus. I had a boyfriend, a really great one. But like, I just noticed him. And it's not like I was like, oh, hey, baby, I'm going to hit on him. I was like, that's someone I need to know. That's just, this is what I felt. I wasn't thinking it. I wasn't trying to meet him, but I just like, I saw him and I was like, that's someone I need to know. And I handed him my phone number. We became friends. I had a boyfriend. So yeah, we were just friends until, you know, decades later we, we reconnected and we were more. So I think of that moment, like the hoon were like, Hey, Danielle, meet that guy. You know, it's not the guy I had a baby with. That was, that was another journey. And I kind of had the same response there where it's like you find yourself following your intuition. Well, where does intuition come from? Like we said, where does it come from? Well, it has to find you working for, in terms of making decisions about your life's path. But like, sometimes we catch a break. Sometimes we make the right decision. We, sometimes we do something without even thinking we're doing it. We just find ourselves there. When you accidentally stumble upon a book you didn't mean to grab or a website you didn't mean to click on, like there's all these moments where you take a turn and it makes all the difference in your life. Where does that come from? What's that about? I love how psychology, uh, sometimes they get so granular level that they have to create a name for it. Okay, so Bader-Meinhof syndrome. Bader-Meinhof, Bader-Meinhof. I love when you're listening, if you listen to the podcast Armchair Expert Every time Monica and Dax Shepard 
say something and then they they hear it again and it comes back or like you know it's like a theme like like oh Bader Meinhof they're like I thought about this and so now I'm seeing it everywhere well yeah maybe that is a psychological phenomenon but science it can only take us so far in the world sometimes magic has to finish the job and in my life I love to look for those signs that I am on the right track I like to follow the intuition. I love to trust the hunches and I love to witness the synchronicities. Think of the people you've met in your life because you were standing in line at Starbucks, you know, or that you just randomly bumped into them where you, where you turned down a corner that you didn't mean to turn down, but then you ended up coincidentally bumping into somebody that made all the difference in your life. Well, the Hoon, they're out there organizing your synchronicities. And so every time you see the clock say 111 or 222 or 333, you know, thank them or 444, whatever the patterns are. I love when I see the clock say 123 because that's orderly, 123. Like that's a sign I always take as everything's in its place, you know, or if you see 321, like, oh, that's backwards. Like, and I just check myself. What am I thinking right now? What am I doing right now? Am I moving something forward? Am I undoing something? It's just fun to play. And so that's what we're doing. We're playing. All right. Thanks for listening. So let's move on. So now when you are in universal palm exercises in Tai Chi, you bring your arms to touch at the top and then you create a mountain and you're sliding your hands down. We're working in the, oh, I just felt that tingle. Do it. Okay. Whatever you're doing right now, take your hands and raise them above your head. Oh my God. I can feel the tingle. You touch your fingers. And then you slide them down like you're making a triangle, like you're sliding down the sides of Mount Rainier. Whenever I do universal palm exercises outside, I always make sure I'm, I'm facing Mount Rainier. It's right there in the corner. I live on the north shore of Lake Washington. So when I face south, I always see Mount Rainier. So yeah, slide your hands down. See, so we're now in the one of 12 meridian lines that innervates your stomach. And this is the element of the earth. This is the earth element. And there are yin yoga poses where you implicate your stomach in terms of the meridian line that innervates your stomach. And the element of the earth has the theme of abundance. And I love this. Mountains represent the element of the earth and the theme is abundance. Abundance is a mentality, kind of like gratitude, where we don't think about scarcity, like what we don't have. We think about abundance, what we do have, right? And you don't think about like, oh, I don't have enough money. No, 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 no. You reflect on how you've always had enough so that you know that you'll always have enough. Like abundance is a mentality where you don't look at, oh, I hardly have any food in the house. You think, oh, I have a lot of space, for putting away future groceries. You know, folks who are hoping to attract a partner like a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they are single and they live by themselves, they're encouraged to create spaces in their home where that person will put their things. That's a way you attract the abundance. You want more relationship in your life. Well, you make room, you carve out, you say, well, I don't have a date this Saturday, but if I had a date this Saturday, I would, I would, go out from this time to this time and you you don't make plans and that's that's a way to attract having plans 
It's a mentality about abundance. And abundance is about you tell yourself, you remember a little bit of coaching, especially with eating. I wrote the book Light to 10 Up, and we talk about setting a calorie budget and and adhering to it when we're practicing nutrition for health and weight loss. It's it, we don't ever think about like, oh, I don't get to eat this. You think, oh, I get to eat this. You know, you don't say, oh, I can't eat cookies anymore. Well, you can, but how many fit into your budget? So the abundance mentality celebrates. Hey, date night is in this nutrition strategy every Saturday night for a period from four twenty p.m till about two hours before bedtime. I eat whatever I want. I mean, whatever I want. But it's only between 4.20 p.m. on Saturday until two hours before bedtime. So, you know, I can only go so crazy. But, you know, that helps me say, I eat pizza. I just, I eat it Saturday nights once a month if I want it. You know what I'm saying? Abundance is a mentality of, it's not that I can't have candy or sugar. I can but I choose not to because it's not what I want. It's not going to provide me the contentment or the satisfaction. You know, there are just some things I can't stop eating. So I choose to not have them in my house. But it's not like I say, oh, I don't ever get sourdough bread. That's a scarcity mentality. My abundance mentality is I get sourdough bread when I dine out once a month. If we choose to, um, you know, go have a meal, I could select. Um, sourdough toast or sourdough bread with my meal. I I can, it exists. It's for me, just not every day because I'll eat the whole loaf. So abundance also like with money, you know, I may not be quote unquote working right now here in quarantine lockdown in 2021 Q1 January today. Uh, But it's like, I'm creating, I, I know that I have a business and I know I'll have clients in the future. I don't say to myself, I'm not working right now. I would never say that sentence. I would never say it out loud. I'd say, I'm in a period right now where I am creating. And I know that I'm planting seeds for future abundance. You know, uh, it's a mentality. You don't look at your checking account and say, oh, I don't have any money. You say, oh, I have lots of room for more money. And you think about all the bills you paid. You say, Thank you for the money to pay my rent. Thank you for the money to pay for food. Thank you for the money to pay the car tabs that just came up, the car payment we just sent out. It's not like you say, oh, shoot, I don't have any money now. I just paid all those expenses. You say, thank you for the money. I had to pay that. So the earth element, this is the theme. It is about abundance. You you eat your food and you say, that's great. That's all I needed instead of, oh, I can't have more. You you pay your bills and you say, it's not that I don't need money now. It's like, thank goodness I was able to pay those bills. If you are not able to pay your bills and you have to borrow some money or you're waiting for a stimulus check from the government, that money's coming. It's trying to find you. And so who are the spirit deities in this realm? Who are the angels of the earth element governing the meridian line that innervates your stomach? And the theme is abundance that we're talking about. The name is Yi, Y-I. The spirit deity that governs the earth element's name is Yi in the Chinese five element theory. And so I like to think of Yi as my personal trainer. I like to think of Yi as my financial advisor. And so 
Yi is like my nutrition coach. So when I go to make a meal and I'm really hungry and I have planned out what my calories are for the day and I planned out what my meals and snacks are for the day and I am preparing this meal and I'm really hungry, I imagine this little angel on my shoulder named Yi saying, okay, weigh it, measure it. Don't just free pour that cocktail, Danielle. Get the shot glass so you know that you're putting 1.5 ounces of gin in that sugar-free Tom Collins you're making. (laughs) Danielle, don't just cut off a piece of cheese. Come on, grab the food scale, press zero, put a a paper towel on it, press zero again. Now put the cheese on the towel, on the food scale, and add or subtract to get to the one ounce. You know, that's how we practice being on track with nutrition for the results I'm earning right now is that I I can't just eyeball it. I You'd think I could by now, <laughs> but I like to lie to myself. If I grab a handful of beautiful Macrona almonds, you know, that have olive oil and sea salt on them, God knows how much I can cram into my hand. But if I take my little dish, put it on the food scale, set it to zero, that extra step of putting enough almonds in there for the serving I'm looking for and taking out the extra ones, putting them back into the package, I I would do that and thank ye, my spirit deity of the earth element. Its theme is abundance. And ye reminds me, Danielle, uh, 26 almonds tastes just as good as 45, but one of them's going to make you feel content. One of them's going to make you feel dissatisfied. And so, you know, also, financial advisor Yi is reminding me, don't say that you're unemployed. That's not a thing. You own a business. You're between clients. You're between gigs. You don't have any workshops scheduled right now, but you can plan them and put them on the calendar and people will sign up and you get to do your work in the world. That's the pep talk. If I tell myself, oh, it's over, I'm washed up. You know, all the yoga studios are closing because COVID has shut everybody down. That's a way I could think, but what would that get me? And I'm not going to lie to you. I did think that way from April till September of 2020 because I was in a funk, but I pulled myself up and I'm back on track and I'm playing in the realm again of magical Taoism, practicing Tai Chi, writing a book about it, doing videos, putting out content, hopefully getting you inspired to think about there are better angels. And in the Chinese five element theory, the magical Taoism that people have leaned into for centuries, this is a practice that I imagine these better angels called the spirit deity Yi, Y-I-Yi, that coaches me to be a better athlete, to be a better cook, to be a better person managing my finances, helping me track to my goals. It's like my little trainer. So something to think about, you know, my little inner personal trainer, my little inner financial advisor, and it it makes me happy. So, and, and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to think about how to make life feel happier. That's what we're doing. And so thanks for listening. Okay. So We made the little mountain with our arms. Now, the last thing we do in the universal palm exercises, we bring the arms from your sides all the way back behind your ears, like you're cupping your ears to here, and then you straighten out your arms, pushing away. You're making the waves. This symbolizes water. There are yin yoga poses where you are in the meridian line that innervates your kidneys. Think of poses like 
butterfly where you have the bottoms of your feet touching and your knees are making a diamond shape and you're pitched forward and your lower back is receiving the sensations. That's definitely a posture that is innervating the meridian line that innervates your kidneys. That's a posture that impacts your kidneys. Now, when we are in universal palm exercises and we bring the arms behind the ears, like I said, and we're making the ocean wave motion, that is the meridian line, yeah, that innervates your kidneys. Now, the theme here is about managing vitality, managing vitality. And basically, the spirit deity that governs the water element, his name is Zhi, Z-H-I, and basically this, in, in this socio-mystical realm, it is your inner captain, your inner captain, the captain of your ship. Think about it. Inside of you is a captain that knows how to navigate the rough waters. The socio-mystical realm of these spirit deities that govern the elements, we anthropomorphize and think of them as little angels And when I am navigating the waters of life, I lean into my inner sea captain, managing. It's like the captain of my ship. I love, we have sayings like, smooth seas never made a good, I'm sorry, rough, no wait, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, smooth seas never made a good sailor. That's a memo there, that rough times help you develop wisdom. And that's what we're accessing when we're doing yin yoga poses and doing the movement of the water in the Tai Chill practice, because we're using, we're accessing the meridian line that innervates the kidneys. And its theme is about managing vitality. And this is where your wisdom lies. Wisdom. Think about it. Navigating the rough waters. You know, you can go with the flow or you can swim against the tide. There's another saying, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are for. Ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are for. I love that. Um, Remember the movie, The Perfect Storm? They're always from Gloucester. Yeah, the movie, The Perfect Storm. Like what compelled that captain to bust into danger's way. You know, he didn't have anybody's interests at heart but his own, and he got people killed. Remember the beautiful Diane Lane and her mother-in-law stressed out while sexy Mark Wahlberg was out there? Oh, my gosh. This is life. You're going to have some choppy waters to navigate sometimes, aren't you? But what are you going to do? You're going to rely on your inner wisdom because you've been at the helm before. You have had the steering wheel of your ship in your hands before, and you've had to make strategic decisions based on what you've learned along the way. Even tiny children who are one and two years old have some wisdom they have acquired from their life experiences, and and three and four and five and 16 and 27 and 47. I mean, we all go through life and we reflect on the wisdom we've acquired. And when you are in this realm of the water element. Think about water. It is the most mutable of all the signs, of all of the elements, of all the properties on earth. I love it. Water finds its own level, right? We know this. It's magic. Water could be steam. 
Water can be ice. Water can be snow. It can be rain, hail, sleet. There's so many ways that water can be warm like a bath or dangerously hot and it would burn you. Water that can be tepid and you can drink it easier. Let's drink some water here. <laughs> or cold water or hot water to make tea. Water is a very special, it's the most changeable of all of the elements, just like life. Life is always changing and every day is ever, is always different. Our bodies are like 60% water. And the whole thing about water is it's about managing vitality and the inner wisdom is what we develop when we trust the sea captain inside of us who knows how to steer through uncharted waters, knows how to go with the flow or to swim against the tide. And this is a beautiful thing that kind of brings us full circle because like I said, Tai Chi means long river. And that's why when we move in Tai Chi, we, we move slowly, deep, and continuously. Sometimes we move fast, like a river that's class five rapids, rafting the Tayaton in a river raft. That's a good time there in Yakima. Or going over the falls. Did you see the news yesterday? Snoqualmie Falls. We've had a lot of rain and there's a lot of water moving through. And again, hydroelectricity and power. You are electricity inside. And water is a wonderful thing to think about in terms of a metaphor about are you a raging river? Are you a stagnant pond? Are you an ocean? The waves of the ocean mirror the waves of your breathing. And somewhere there's an ocean wave that's building and then crashing on the beach, just like your breath. It's building. Let's take a breath. Let it out. And it crashes out. You breathe in. That takes a lot of energy and effort. And you exhale, that's all passive. There's no muscles that push breath out of your body. Your diaphragm pulls down to overcome atmospheric pressure, filling your lungs. And when you breathe out, it's passive. So this whole thing about Tai Chi, Tai Chill movement activity, we either go fast or we go slow, just like water, just like the river, just like the oceans. And we get to reflect on that. When you make the movement in Tai Chi or when you're doing poses like butterfly and yin yoga and we know that we're utilizing the meridian lines that innervate the kidneys, this is all about managing vitality and its theme really is about that inner wisdom of that inner captain of your ship. I love that saying, you are the captain of your ship and you get to pick your destiny. So friends, I really appreciate you listening the spirit deity of the water element is Zhi. And I love that it starts with a Z, Z-H-I, because I, I like to think of Captain Zisu. If you've never seen the movie The Life Aquatic with Steve Zisu from 2004, directed by Wes Anderson, it is a movie that has really informed my journey. Because as a person in leadership, having taught yoga teachers how to teach great classes for 10 years and having been a personal trainer for 10 years and having been a social worker for 10 years, being an oldest child of four siblings, my journey has always kind of been being the captain of the ship. And there's some wonderful transformation that Bill Murray's character goes through in this movie. And I just, I love to watch that when I need to remember about giving myself a little bit of a break. You know, he asks himself in the movie, will I ever be good again? What happened to me? Am I ever going to be good again? 
And when I need that reminder, when I have self-doubt like that, I get to remember, wait a second, I'm not alone here. I've got the Shen, this wonderful angel that helps me get inspired, you know, to create. I've got Po, the reminder that I am not I, I'm this one standing beside me, whom I cannot see, who will remain calm and silent when I talk and forgives gently when I hate, who stands, who will, who, who, who walks where I am not and who will, who, who will be standing when I die. Like that whole memo that you don't have a soul, you are a soul. That's, that's what Poe reminds me of. And the Hoon, my universal managers. Like when I send out my vibration into the world, thank you for the money I have always received. Thank you for my health, my wealth, and my happiness. Thank you for the best thing that happened yesterday, the best thing that'll happen tomorrow. Thank you for the magnificent outcomes. When I take my little glitter and my glue and I put glitter on my skin right there behind my moonstone, I do this every day after the shower. I do this and I say, thank you for the magnificent outcomes. That's me sending out a signal, a vibration. My hoon, they hear that and they always bring me magnificent outcomes, always. My life is 100% on track. And I'm not telling you that to like brag and puff myself up. I'm saying, I made this happen. You made your life happen. Look around you and, and say, wow, I did this. I created this. We are magnetic beings. And it's the hoon that go out there and organize our synchronicities. And it's just a neat thing. It's like when you make a wish, that's who hears it. The hoon, they hear the wish. And Darn it. We don't always recognize when it's being granted, but think about it. Would would you just not trade a thing that happened to you? Whether you look over your life and think that was a good thing, that was a bad thing. No, it brought you here. You know, I could tell myself a story. I've been married three times, divorced twice. I've declared bankruptcy twice. I'm a failure. No, no, look at me. I'm a business owner. I'm a happily married woman. I've got this awesome daughter who's making her way in the world and I'm always had what I needed and I don't owe any money. I don't need any money. I, I'm fine. Like I made this happen. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Tell yourself the story. What do you tell yourself? Well, you earned it and be proud of it and be happy, but also know that your universal managers were out there organizing the, the times that you caught a break, that you got lucky and pick up those lucky pennies. I, I hope that that inspires you. And then again, when you're making choices about what to eat or money to spend or what have you, you know, you got a little coach inside you that says, are we tracking to our goals? Is the vision of where you want to be headed in life with with what your goals are? Is that how you're behaving right now? Are you in alignment with your goals? I lived out of alignment with my goals for many months during 2020 when I was sad, you know, with COVID and losing the opportunity to be training yoga teachers. And then I lost my dog. Like I was just stuck. I was not living in alignment with my vision. My vision is to be healthy and happy and, and, and fit into my clothing and, feel like I look good. <laughs> it's just who I am. So that's my little coach inside saying, hey, are you tracking to your goals? And then last but not least, we have Z, the captain of our inner ship. And it's like, yeah, I can trust that I know I have wisdom. I've been around the block. I, I know I know where I'm headed. I know who I am and know where I'm going. That's my inner captain of my ship. So again, the Shen for the fire element, 
Poe for the crystals, the metal element, the Hoon, your universal managers for the wood element, Yi, your little personal trainer for the earth elements, and Ji, your inner captain for the water element. Fire, crystals, wood, the trees, earth, mountains, water, like the ocean or the lakes. This is part of nature. And when you spend time lighting candles or sitting by a fire, when you spend time organizing and collecting your crystals, when you spend time in the trees, forest bathing, when you spend time in the mountains or looking at the mountains right here in January, it's so special because the mountains are full of snow. So on a day like today where the sky was blue and the sunset happens, they're going to light up all pink and purple. This morning I saw the sunrise, pink, purple, blue. I saw the mountains all shiny and white. That's the earth element, such a reminder. And then I live on the North Shore of Lake Washington. I get to stand on my deck and look at the lake. That is such a special special place. You know, when you go to the ocean, oh my gosh, when you hear the sound of the ocean, whether it's in your imagination, on a recording, on the TV, or in real life, that's the sound of Om. That's the sound of the universe talking to you. And I'm so grateful for the chance to talk to you today. I'm just going to finish with one little story. And I really appreciate you listening because this is kind of the most magical thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. Okay, so you know the movie Groundhog Day, where the big memo here is the minute he stops thinking about himself and starts thinking about her, that's when they finally break the cycle and he wakes up and it's not Groundhog Day anymore. I had that same thing happen to me naturally. It was 2016. Greg and I had been dating for about eight years at that point. And I was having such a good vacation with him in San Diego. We were having such a good time at the beach outside the Hotel Del Coronado. We had had happy hour there and we were sitting on the beach watching the ocean and I was really content. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know what? I don't care if he asks me to ever marry him. I don't care if we are not going to be husband and wife. I mean, it's been eight years and I don't see this happening. I don't think he's going to ask me to marry him or anything. Marry me. I'm just going to let it go. I just, I, I heard the ocean and I closed my eyes and I thought to myself, this is the sound of the universe. This is what Om is, hearing the ocean. And I thought to myself, I don't care what happens. I'm happy now. I'm happy now. And I fell asleep taking a little nap together. You know, it was like about 5, 6, 7 p.m. We were out there for a while. It's just chill. You know, we were on vacation. And and uh, he woke me up. He's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, hi. Yeah. Oh, God, what time is it? Yeah, let's go. He's like, no. I'm like, huh? And then he pulls out a ring. And he looks at me and he says these words. He's like, it's time. It's time. And I was like, oh, my God, you're asking me to marry you? And he's like, yeah. And, 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 the rest of my life, I'll never forget how surprised I was. I gave it, I gave it to God. I said before I fell asleep, I was like, I don't care what happens. I don't care. I don't care. I'm happy now. I don't need anything else. I don't need anything else. I'm happy now. And I fell asleep, took a nap, woke up, said, let's go. And he stopped and said, nope. And he asked me to be his wife. And I'll never forget that, this moment, because I believe that your life is special, friends. And I believe that you're a magnetic person. You're going to attract to you 
what you're putting out there. So it's nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of or scared, or you might mess it up. Understand that you have some angels on your side. Angels to help you remember your passion. Angels to help you move from things like grief and loss towards value and acceptance. Angels that help you reflect on your journey and your path in terms of your time management, what you can do with the time you've been given on the earth. And abundance, that you have enough, you are enough, and you always have enough. And your inner wisdom to guide you. Please enjoy thinking about these things. And like I said, I'm writing a book. I hope that you pick it up. And I want to thank my universal managers and the Shen and all of my spirit deities, these guys in my socio-mystical realm of my kingdom, of the journey of what my dharma is, of what my blessings are, and of what I've learned along the way. And I'm so happy to share with you, okay? I hope you have the best Monday ever. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you again soon here on Light Not Might. You rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs>